Hi, Plymouth. My name is Kariana Cox, and this is my third podcast on borderline personality disorder. Um, I can start off by saying borderline personality disorder, the causes of them, or the causes of it. And there are two causes um, through research that I found. It said that one of them could be a biological vulnerability, and the other one could be an invalidating early environment. Um, With the biological vulnerability, it could be like a genetic or a neurotransmitter. So maybe something that the mother did to cause the child to have, you know, like a brain something, or like it could be genes, so passed on directly from mom or dad to the baby. Or it could be an invalidating early environment, which means like it could be people like your family or um, like, okay, so if it's people like your family, it could be like a hostile environment or it can be an abusive environment, negating, or it could be critical in a chronic way. So basically what they were saying or what I was seeing that is that not everybody suffers from borderline personality disorder it's like I can go through um, an invalidating early environment and not suffer from borderline personality disorder or I can have that gene and still not suffer from it but some people just you know they suffer or they it's different for them so um one of the um, invalidating or extreme invalidating early environments was sexual abuse. So some people, they take sexual abuse and later on it develops into borderline personality disorder. But like I said, it doesn't happen that way for everyone. So... Um, a lot of parents, they don't intervene early. It's like when they see, like they see a 16-year-old and they're like, oh, he'll get over it or she'll get over it. Or this is the teenage years. They're just acting up. But some parents don't know that this is the time to intervene. Like this is the time to get your child checked out or get him to talk, to get him or her to speak to someone and maybe that they could, you know, resolve issues that the parents are not seeing but this is one of the this is one of the the major problems is that that we we have to try to intervene at an early date before it develops you know before they develop into an adult and it all goes bad it's too late but They um basically the like having borderline personality disorder being on the border you know between psychosis and neurosis and and um I was watching this YouTube video and this lady she said that the doctor 
said that she would rather call it chronic affective instability disorder. And she said that that name resonates with it a lot and people don't get confused as to what it is. And it kind of gets to the point that she said affect or affect is more an emotion. And you know, it's borderline personality disorder is basically a disorder of instability and instability of everything. Like a dis- disorder of instability of everything. Another misconception is that borderline personality disorder gets confused with bipolar disorder. Um, she said that I mean, like when you would talk to a client, this is how you try to, you know, you, you try to speak to them and, or like if you listen to a parent comes to you and the parent says, oh, my daughter, you know, or my son has been moody all the time. He's all over the place. And right then and there, as a therapist or as a clinical psychologist, you should know that this is not borderline personality disorder, this is bipolar. You should know the therapist, the difference. But, like, you know, they confuse the two a lot. They even confuse borderline personality disorder with disassociative identity disorder or multiple personality disorder. It's a it's an impulsive disorder. So it's just a lot of emotions going everywhere. And you just, you know, you com- you confuse it with a bunch of different dis- disorders. Lastly the third major concept misconception that they have is men cannot get borderline personality disorder. This is not true, obviously. Um, but men often get misdiagnosed. They always say, okay, nothing. They misdiagnose men who has like anger issues or impulse control. I mean, men who have narcissistic attitudes and they all, you know, they... It's, it's not saying that they don't get personality disorder, but they do, I mean, misdiagnose them. Um, a lot of men who experience sexual abuse, it's, it's hard for them to come out and, you know, share these or share this terrible thing that's happened to them. And, and it is for females as well or girls. But this is how they result, you know, they result in these actions. They result in borderline personality disorder. You know, it's hard for them to talk about it. So this is what they, you know, they have to, it's, it's like a impulse of emotions is bursting. Um, I don't think, excuse me, I don't think um, borderline personality disorder is like, actually I don't feel like it's impossible to control. I think that there is hope with caution to manage it. It's it's a very complex disorder to manage clinically. But as long as you do your group therapy, your individual therapy and you know your daily check-ins, then that is a treatment. And once you pass that treatment, then you are able to you know, move on to, like, everyday life. Because, obviously, this treatment that you would have, this group therapy, individual therapy, 
would have to be at more like a clinical facility or a facility that deals with borderline personality disorder and they're able to give you daily check-ins, check up on you and things like that. Obviously you would go home in the nighttime, but the daytime you would spend your whole time there working on your disorder. Um, and also, um, these facilities, they are, not everybody can afford them. So this is what the issue is. That's why it's so much, you know, like not a lot of people that are getting treatments because the treatment facilities are so expensive and, you know, there's so much people being left untreated. But like I said before, not everybody suffers from borderline personality disorder, but the ones who do are really struggling and, you know, cannot get their time back in mind. But in order to, you have to want to be treated. You have to want to do better. You have to have the support and have to be motivated to do through borderline personality disorder treatment. And... If you're sitting there and, you know, you're in therapy and things like that, you could also, like a borderline, someone who has borderline personality disorder, and let's say that person is insecure, they can rub off their insecurity onto the therapist. So the therapist also has to, make, you know, and it's not an intentional thing. It could be, in, I mean, unintentional. Yes, it, it don't have to be, it doesn't have to be an intentional thing that they're rubbing off, but they can. So you also have to make sure that, you know, like you are well equipped with the knowledge of borderline personality disorder and, you know, just know that their insecurity can rub off on the therapist's insecurity. Yeah, I, um... Hi class, this is my fourth podcast um, of borderline personality disorder and today... I will be talking about the four borderline personality disorder subtypes, you know, that they have. Um, There are four, excuse me, (coughs) there are four subtypes and they are, there are some borderline personality disorders who are discouraged and quiet. There are some who are impulsive. There are some who are petulant. And there's some who are self-destructive. So I'm going to go ahead and um, list some, you know, descriptive words on each, (coughs) sorry, of each type, of each subtype of borderline personality disorder. So when it comes to discouraged or quiet borderline personality disorder people, they tend to be clingy. Or they tend to follow the crowd. They tend to be dependent on others. They're mostly angry on the inside. But if they are pushed, if they get to that point to where they are angry, they can explode on someone. They may harm themselves. <coughs> Sorry. They may harm themselves. They're usually moody, somber, or even quiet. They do have suicidal thoughts, and sometimes they make attempts to, I mean, commit suicide, and sometimes they follow through with it. 
And these are, you know, the discouraged and quiet people. Sometimes, you know, the way how you talk to them, you have to learn to clearly communicate what you mean. So you have to be very direct when you're talking to, you know, the discouraged and quiet type of these individuals. The next subtype is an impulsive subtype. And the impulsive subtype, they're very flirtatious. They can be captivating and elusive and superficial. They are high sensation seekers. They're highly energetic and they're also easily bored. They get bored easily. They're impulsive, unpredictable. And sometimes the impulsive subtype individual, they get misdiagnosed with histronic personality disorder because they're so energetic and they're so impulsive. Um, The way how you would talk to or try to have a conversation with someone who has an impulsive disorder, it would be to stop, you know, be mindful of what you're saying consider the consequences like after you say it like you have to think of okay this person if I know this person has an impulsive disorder I would stop you know think about it like I would literally be mindful and think about what I have to say and think like if I say this will they blow up or will they explode on me and after you do that then you can engage in the method of what you are saying so either it's texting calling you know face-to-face conversations like either way you have to consider the consequences (coughs) sorry the next borderline personality subtype is being a petulant like a petulant disorder petulant subtype um these types they're unpredictable they're irritable They complain a lot. They're very impatient. They're defiant, stubborn, disgruntled. They can be pessimistic pessimistic and resentful. These disorders or these these types of people or these borderline people who have this disorder. I think I'm saying that wrong. These individuals with borderline personality disorder who are petulant, (laughs) I think, they rely on others and they usually keep their distance because of fear of disappointment. Like they don't want to like I rather just like if I live in Florida and, you know, somebody who is petulant lives in in um Arizona and every Christmas the whole family comes to my house, they probably would just not come because Okay, well, I am borderline personality. Like, I have borderline personality disorder. I don't want to disappoint anyone. So, it's best that I stay here where I am. That's how they view things. And the way how you would speak to them is, like, you don't really have to stuff anything that you are saying. But you can appropriately express it. So, basically, you don't hold back. But you say it in an appropriate manner. You say it. To where like you're still respectful. (coughs) And the last um, borderline subtype is self-destructive. Now they are very impulsive. They're very indecisive. They go back and forth between being apologetic. um, Submissive and stubborn resistance. 
They have a lot of self-hatred. They self-mutilate, whether it's through burning, whether it's through cutting. They just mutilate themselves. They have. They also um, engage in dangerous behaviors. So sometimes they could either do substance abuse or reckless driving or, you know, being abusive in itself, not even just using substance abuse, but doing dangerous things to themselves and other people. And the way how, like, you would actually have a conversation with them, which you can, (coughs) sorry, is by building a positive social support. Now, the only issue with this or doing that is that it's good to speak to someone, but then it's better to have multiple supports. So a self-destructive person should have multiple supports. So it should be more of a group support rather than individual support. So like it's like you're not exhausting the person that you're talking to or you're not, you know, being confined to that one person or you're not putting all your hopes into that one person you actually have like a group of people that you can that support you like they're going through the same thing as you and you guys get to work it out so my podcast is basically you know I gave four borderline personality subtypes and then how you could communicate with them and talk to them or see how you know it's best to go on and um, in my last podcast, I spoke about some myths that, um, some myths that borderline personality people have, and then I figured that I would put two more in this one because I put some in that one. <coughs> so another one of the misconceptions or the myths of borderline personality disorder is that they are attention seeking and people who have borderline personality disorder it's like they cannot control it it's like they have an extreme discomfort of how they feel and what's going on in their lives it's like they're extremely sensitive to things that are going around because you know they are they are aware of their um disorder which is why like in group therapy emotional regulation skills is the number one thing that they work on because they can you know get angry and irritated and you know they can just like by the snap of the finger they could just be you know unpredictable just like in the four subtypes that I listed all of those um, descriptions you know they can come out because of the you know emotions that a borderline personality person has but one of the misconceptions are their attention seeking when they're really not it's just that they have like they don't know how to feel or whatever's going on they they cannot regulate it emotionally to match what's going on so it's like especially with abandonment issues they it doesn't it doesn't work with them like they don't they feel like if people are ignoring them or abandoning them that's when some things you know they get heightened another one that i um saw was it that it said that borderline personality disorder is rare and through research i realized that it's not that rare but it is a myth that it is rare and um they found that 1.4% of the population 
of the U.S. have borderline personality disorder. (coughs) And with that being said, I'm just going to end the podcast right here because, you know, I spoke about what I wanted to speak about in the beginning. And then I just thought that I would give two more misconceptions in the end about borderline personality disorder. So thanks, class. And sorry about that. I'm really I'm having a hard time at the moment. Um, my nose is running and stuff and obviously you could hear you know my throat so I apologize for how I sounded in the podcast so thank you so much for listening and bye